In conversation and in prayer with the other priests in the community, one of the things that we've been discussing for the last couple of years since I became um, administrator and then pastor for the last three years is how do we invite and encourage our resident community as the Lord and the Holy Spirit have steered a lot of our attention and resources more toward our student community. And so today I am here to preach about how we as a leadership of the parish have come to know and to grow in what we believe the Holy Spirit is calling us to do and where, and where to go, but also to invite our community to a deeper connection and relationship and being a part of that mission. But I want to start by asking a question. Have you ever felt alone, isolated, unseen, unknown? For most, if not all of us, the answer is yes, and it's a horrible experience. The first time I felt this acutely, I was in Krakow, Poland. I was studying abroad for a semester in Ireland, and at the end of it, I went on about a four-week backpacking trip across Europe, and I started in Krakow. And I got up early and flew from Ireland to Poland, and I got there, and I got to the hostel, and there was nobody there except for me, and all of a sudden, I was alone in this city in a language that I had no knowledge of whatsoever. I'd never spoken or probably even heard a word of Polish before that day. I didn't know where I was. This was before GPS and smartphones and all of that, so I had to figure out with an old-fashioned map how to get around. I felt alone in a city with a lot of people, but unknown, unseen, because I didn't know how to communicate. And as the day went on, that sense of loneliness and isolation grew. And in in Krakow, right across from the Archbishop's residence, there's a little uh, chapel. And I had read in a guidebook that that was where St. John Paul II used to go to pray. And he had died about a year before, and he was very influential in my life. And so I went, and in the very back of the church, there's a little plaque that said St. John Paul, you know, at that time, just Blessed John, or not even Blessed, just Archbishop John Paul II used to pray here. And so I just knelt down and prayed and just cried. I felt so alone. And it grew worse and worse over the course of the day. And later that evening, early in the evening, I just went back to the hostel, and I'm like, I don't even know what to do. I'm just going to sit here and be alone all night. And I was sitting in the little common area of the youth hostel, thinking I was the only one there. And all of a sudden, this young woman walked in, and in an Australian accent, she said hello. And all of a sudden, I was seen. I was known. It was just a hello and a language and an accent that I knew but were different, but I knew. And over the course of the evening, the two of us talked and we ended up going out for dinner and just kind of doing sightseeing. And I never saw her again. I don't even remember her name. But she changed the entire course and tenor of that trip. Because in that moment and in that evening, she was just willing to say hello and to spend time with me and to talk about common interests. In our world, more and more people feel isolated and alone. This has been going on and growing for a while. It was catalyzed by the pandemic. Shockingly, the loneliest generation is the youngest. This has never happened before. These young people, they grow up so fast in one way because of access to information, but so slowly in another Young people know more about the world at a younger age than any previous generation, but major milestone markers in their life, moving out of the house, getting a job, getting married, are, are longer and longer delayed. 
and a sense of isolation and loneliness and a feeling of being unable to speak with people has grown. And it's affected especially institutions because the level of trust for institutions across the board is plummeting. This affects, obviously, churches, but this also affects our educational system. This affects our government. This affects our health care system. People don't trust because they don't feel seen and heard. And so there is a temptation for us, then, as a church in this world to be afraid, to be like the apostles, to lock ourselves into the way that we've done things, whether that be individually as a parish, as a diocese, as a church, and to just be together. We know each other. We're comfortable with each other. We're going to hunker down. And into that reality, and into our hearts as pastoral leaders, and especially me as pastor, the Holy Spirit has come. God has come to us and has said, you got to go forth. Pope Francis has been saying this from the very first day, frankly, of his pontificate. We have to move forward. In our Dominican tradition, St. Dominic, the moment he received papal recognition from the, from the Holy Father establishing the order of preachers, he sent forth the friars two by two, and he said, gathered wheat grows mold. And a band of 16 brothers was sent to the world two by two, And within a generation, there were thousands. Are we willing to have that kind of trust? To open our hearts, to open our minds, so that we can speak a language that will connect with those people, especially the young, because we have, as a parish, a sacred responsibility to reach out to campus, to engage our young people who are fleeing the church and other institutions, but the church in particular in record numbers. Nine out of ten of our Catholic identified students on campus, or if they would identify as Catholic or are Catholic, never darken the doorstep of a church. And unlike previous generations, they're not coming back afterwards when they start raising families. And so we have to be intentional, and we have been, And over the last 10 years, it started with the work of Father John and his team of friars and pastoral staff. We have done that. And in just the last five years in our partnership with Focus, just through our Bible study ministry, which is a personal invitation of a small group of five or seven people, we've reached over 1,000 students. In the last seven years, we've had a dozen men and women enter religious life for the seminary. 17 men and women in the last four years have become Focus missionaries. And this isn't because we're doing institutionally great things. We try to do some of those things. It's because we've decided, led by the Holy Spirit, that in order to speak the language of the human heart, we have to speak to the human heart directly. We have to sit with people. We have to spend time with them. And it's inefficient. And it takes a long time. But it is only in that right now, brothers and sisters, that we are seeing real fruit and building deep, abiding, intimate relationships, and talking about the things that young men and women are struggling with, and helping them realize, as St. Paul tells us in that beautiful second reading from Romans, you are a son or a daughter of God. The love, the portion, the fullness that God the Father has in terms of His love for the Son has been poured out upon you in baptism and in confirmation. 
And friends, that's why I'm here today, today is not just to talk about the success and the thanks be to God for that we're just scratching the surface in what we're doing with our student ministry, but to invite all of us into that renewal in the Spirit. Because as St. Paul says in the letter to the Corinthians, each one of you has been given a manifestation of the Spirit for the work of God. You have been chosen and empowered by the Holy Spirit for the realities of the world, of the church, of your family, of your work, of this parish, of the relationships and friendships that you have. God is empowering you and giving you the strength to speak the language of the human heart that only the Holy Spirit can give. But will you say yes? Because when we say yes to speaking, as we heard in the gospel, even people with whom we may not even share a common language hear us. Everyone's favorite priest among the students is Father Justice. They love Father Justice. They can't get enough of Father Justice. Father Justice is old enough to be, for many of them, their great-grandfather. Why do they love him? Why do they care for him so much? Because he loves Jesus and he loves them. Right? He was 57 years in Africa. In many ways, he understands very little of their culture. But the language of the Holy Spirit is when we are made new, when we are sanctified by the graces of the sacraments, and prayer, and growth in virtue, we can speak to anyone the language that they need to hear, which is love. And we are called to that. And we don't realize the power that even simple gestures have. When I was in Krakow, Poland in 2006, and that young Australian woman said hello, that changed the course of that entire trip for me. And it was because in large part of that trip, that I started to seriously discern the priesthood and religious life. All it took was a hello, and the course of my life was changed. All it's taken for us to change the course of our campus ministry and to grow it exponentially was an investment in a few people. Five focus missionaries, a few priests, and this last year, a couple of interns. Imagine the impact we can have when all of us buy in receive constantly the renewal and the gift of the Holy Spirit and strive to serve. Not to serve ourselves and our bodies. St. Paul's very clear in that. An earthly way of thinking is thinking, what can I get out of this? And what the Spirit calls us to is, how can I serve? How can I share this gift of love that has come from the Father and the Son? And so today we are challenged Today we are empowered to really ask ourselves, where do I need to be renewed by the Spirit? Do I need to be freed from sin? Do I need to be opened and to be able to be vulnerable and talk about a wound or a hurt? Do I need healing? Do I need just community? Do I need to ask for forgiveness or give it in a relationship? Do I need to start a daily prayer life? How can I be renewed by the Spirit and receive that gift and prioritize that reception in my life? Remember, the, 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 the great beauty of the church is that ours is not a mystery to be mastered. We are mastered by the mystery. 
And the Lord is inviting us on this great feast of Pentecost to allow ourselves to be mastered by the mystery of His indwelling in our hearts, of the full gift and measure of His divinity imparted on each of us in our baptism and confirmation. But not just to make this a breathing in, but we breathe in so that we can breathe out. Not only are we called to renewal, but how can each of us help to renew the church, to rebuild relationships, to restore what is in front of us, to say that word that only we can speak to the person in our life that will open their hearts to the grace and the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus says in the Gospel to his apostles, now remember, this is Easter Sunday. This is the first appearance of Jesus to the church in the Gospel of John. And he says two things. I'm going to preface this even a little bit more here. Remember what the apostles did on Holy Thursday and Good Friday? They abandoned the Lord. They ran from the cross, except for John and the Blessed Virgin Mary. They turned from him. And to them, Jesus goes. And he says two things. Peace. Peace. In the Jewish culture, when one says shalom or peace to another, it means everything between us is square. The apostles have done nothing to merit that. It's just pure gift. But Jesus offers to each of us, wherever we are, whatever we've done, he offers us peace. Receiving that peace, Jesus says the second thing. So I send you. And when Jesus speaks, he speaks in eternity. He speaks to the church in that upper room in Jerusalem He speaks to you. So I send you. God has called and chosen each of us to be here in this church at this time. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to come now, to come as you will, to renew and restore and revitalize our hearts and to send us with the confidence and trust of your apostles, of your believers, to know that we are your sons and your daughters and that we are called by you by name for now and forever to be a part of this mission. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for coming on this church and help me to ever and always be your servant. Come, Holy Spirit. Come now. Come as you will.